We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies edtech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Welcome to Transformative Principle, where you learn how to be a leader and not just a manager of a to-do list. I am your host, Jethro Jones. You can find me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. Your to-do list is a hungry monster that is never satisfied. For the last year and a half, I've helped principals get awards, get promoted, and find the time to do the work that really matters. I recently opened a new mastermind slot. Schedule a call with me and let's overcome the stressed and isolated principal position together. Go to the show notes for this episode at transformativeprincipal.org and click schedule a call with Jethro. Welcome to Transformative Principal. Today, I am excited to have Kimberly Dixon on the program. Kimberly, welcome to Transformative Principal. Thank you very much for having me. I'm excited as well. Yeah, this is going to be good. So Kimberly and I met over the summer working on some school leadership series podcast content for Danny Bauer's podcast school leadership series where he has other people host it. And after I was in a small group and we were talking, I thought, you know, I've got to have Kimberly on the program and talk about what it is that she learned when she took a year off of being a principal. And as you know, if you're listening to this, being a principal is a stressful, difficult job. And so, Kimberly, you decided to take a year off of school or off of work. Tell us about how that process came to be and what your intention was when you were taking the time off. Yeah, so I love what I do. I didn't take it off because I was stressed. I just felt that there wasn't going to be a lot of balance with all that I wanted to accomplish. Um, So seven years ago, when I decided I wanted to pursue moving forward, in our organization as vice principal, my mother had supported me and said, you know, I'll come out there and help with your kids. They were three and five at the time. And uh, she said, if you're successful, I'll come out. They live in Vancouver, British Columbia, so on the West Coast of Canada. Um, And I was successful and she did. So that year, my first year in administration seemed pretty well balanced because I had mom at home with the kids. And when the school year ended and she said, you know, I'm heading back, your father says, time to come back. (laughs) Um, I thought, how am I going to balance raising the kids, getting them to all their activities, being, you know, present and 
uh, fully engaged in what was happening at my school and pursuing further studies because I knew my entire career I've always taken at least a course a year just to keep myself fresh. And I, I didn't want to give that up. So I thought, how am I going to do all of that and not burn out? So I decided to apply for what we call a four over five in my board. So they pay you 80% for four years while you're working. And then in the fifth year, they still pay you 80%, but you get to not be working. So that's what I did. So I love I love that idea of four over five, where you work four years at 80% and then your fifth year, you get 80% also. That sounds like just a a really neat way to structure it, which anybody could do if they just saved and lived on, you know, less than 80% of their take-home pay. But the fact that your that your school uh, supports that and and allows that to happen sounds like a really great opportunity. Now, do you have a commitment to come back after that fifth year? Uh, like like you with do. a sabbatical? Okay. So how long is your commitment after that? You have to come back for the first year once you're completed your year off. And then I guess if you know you found something that you loved while you were away, you would have that one year to return to the board. Mm-hmm. But I think it also just kind of gives you that light at the end of the tunnel when things are stressful and when the workload is heavy, you know that you're chugging along because you're going to have that reprieve um, in four years. So that was helpful as well. Yeah. What a fascinating idea. And so you, you don't, so typically with a sabbatical, you have to say, well, I'm going to go do this extra coursework or or do something else during my year off. And is there any tie to that with, with your arrangement of the four over five? So they I, typically accept about a dozen, I think, people um, within the organization to take that four or five in a given year. So we did have to put a proposal forward. Mine outlined how I would uh, complete my supervisory officer's papers to become a system leader. But what happened was I, in my third year of vice principalship, I had I applied, I looked into it really. I didn't actually apply. I looked into, you know, what would I need and and uh, how do I prepare myself for that course? And the course coordinator said, well, yeah, you've got everything you need. So why don't you just start in September? I went, oh, that wasn't <laughs> really my plan, but, but okay. So I ended up starting the coursework. Coincidentally enough, I also got asked to move forward as an acting principal. And I thought, like, is this really going to all happen in the same year? Um, so I had said to the course director, I said, you know, actually I have this new opportunity to lead a school as a principal. So I think I'm going to postpone taking this, this coursework. And she said to me, oh my goodness, those go hand in hand. What you're going to learn in the supervisory officer qualification papers is going to lend itself to what you're doing in your new school. I really recommend you just do it all. And I was like, she recommends I do it all. Okay. <laughs> so that's, that's what ended up happening is I, I pursued it kind of in advance of the year off and ended up completing it in June of the year that I was leading into my year off. I completed my supervisor officer's papers and I completed my last year of work. So wow. I had to formulate kind of a new plan for the year that was ahead of me. Yeah. Well, that sounds like a very fortuitous change that you went from having double time work, you know, going to school and being a principal to now you're done with both of those things and you have a year off. So how did you decide what to do with your year off and what, what were your priorities going into that year off? I think I realized I I had been working really hard. (laughs) Uh, So travel was definitely a goal. My kids are 11 and 13 now. So last year they were in grade five and seven. So I, I had to operate within the parameters of they were in school and I wasn't willing to pull them out. So I started off 
uh, looking at opportunities as an educator. And so one came up for the summer in South Korea to be the principal of a summer school, English summer school program for three weeks. Uh, so I applied for that and that was granted that opportunity. And so then I made, made arrangements to have my kids meet me in South Korea. And then we, we uh, went down to the Philippines. A lot of the schools in Toronto are heavily populated with students from the Philippines. And I thought it would be a neat experience to be able to speak with them firsthand about my own experience in the Philippines. So after we were in South Korea, we went over to the Philippines, to Manila and Palawan, and just kind of saw firsthand life there, food there, you know, just, just made the best of it. And then from there, I just thought, okay, this is, this is how the year's going to unfold. I'm going to be very present as a mother. I'm going to make sure I make time for myself. And then I started diving into, as always, um, my own form of professional development. So just audiobooks and, and connecting with uh, other educators and seeing what other opportunities lie. And that's how I ended up meeting Danny Bauer, actually. So, you know, the year itself was very unplanned. And I think that was also a positive thing because it allowed me just to explore where each season would take me. Um, and I could build on the experiences that I was having with both my kids and myself in terms of professional growth and just kind of see where everything led. Yeah. You know, in uh, Kodiak, Alaska, where I was before Fairbanks, we had a lot of students from the Philippines as well. And so we had, mm-hmm. um, you know, wonderful people had great work ethic and just really upstanding human beings. And we, <laughs> I learned a phrase that was Matigas Ang Uloko, which is uh, Tagalog for I am hard headed. And you can uh-uh. change that to Matigas Ang Ulomo which is you are hard-headed and you know when you don't speak the language that that immigrants speak they really appreciate any effort that you make to learn their language and and speak with them as well as when you're traveling to other countries people really appreciate those who try to make an effort to to speak their language as well and so so I I learned that phrase and then I would say it to uh parents and kids as I met them and it's uh-huh. one of those phrases that they all laugh at and they all think is really funny because it's not typically something that a school principal would say uh, to people, but it's a it's a funny term, and so they all get a kick out of it. And it was uh, a great way to build rapport and connection with them. And then that was all I could ever say. And so then I would need a translator <laughs> or whatever to help. But um, but what a great experience for you to be able to go there and see their home country. How has that impacted you now that you're back in the thick of things and having that cultural experience to? to reflect back upon. So I think you raised such a great point. I traveled with a dozen educators from my own board. And I always say I learned so much from them because they were such savvy travelers and, mm-hmm. and so open-minded. And that was one of the things they taught me is like, try to learn as much of the language as you can to really like, you know, even if you think you're mispronouncing just a little bit of communication with them in their, in their own tongue is well appreciated. And I just think just being open to experiences and open to new learning uh, is something that I brought back. Like the, the way we are in Canada sometimes seems very Eurocentric and yet our populations within schools are so diverse. So it's interesting to go somewhere where the flip is, is true. And we were the foreigners and we were the minorities and how were we received and how did they set up the curriculum and how did they communicate with us and how were we welcomed? And so even just, I feel like just the experience of being the other 
which some people would say, oh, don't say that, Kimberly. But but yeah. so often, right? Like that's how kids will feel in the school, right? So valuing that little bit, bit of connection that you can make with them, having experienced that firsthand myself was just a different perspective when I went into the school. I, I do find I am a Black woman and I do find when I lead in schools, all racialized groups are very excited because they haven't often had that opportunity to have someone who is Black or from a minority group be in charge. And I think that that was surprising to me at my first school, whereas I've embraced that more at my second school. And I, I understand where they're coming from because they're like, we're not, none of, neither of us are the other anymore. And so there's a point of connection right away that we can build on, which has been wonderful. Yeah, that's that's really fascinating. And, you know, most would describe you as one of the other already, but then you really described yourself as one of the other when you went to visit the Philippines. I think that's such a humble way to approach that, Kimberly, and such a honorable way respecting those that are in your in your community. And I, I just really commend you for that because um you don't have to think that way and yet and yet you do. And I know how powerful it is to have to have representation and leadership from in our schools where kids can see someone that looks like them in a leadership role that really does make a difference. So let's talk about the the rest of your year and some of the other things that you did, especially relating to preparing yourself to go back into a principal position and what you would what you would be experiencing and how you prepared yourself for that. I think one of the main things I I respected more was the balance that's needed in life to be at your best. I think that there's a certain mentality that, you know, you work hard and that makes you better. And without the balance of it all is where, you know, we run into this idea of burnout and stress. And I think I just kind of respect my time a bit more and honor the work that I'm doing when I'm doing it so that it's not about putting in more time. It's about putting myself well into the time that I have. Uh, When I was off, I really tried to focus on having renewal of my physical being, renewal of my spiritual being, renewal of my intellectual being paved into each of my days. Like it, It was amazing how time flies. And it's something that I said, I know it's easy to get swept up once I go back into school. And, and, you know, sure enough, I did. I'm not going to say that that didn't happen. In September, my new school uh, is downtown. So it's about an hour drive from my own home. And so I leave at 6.30, 6.45 in the morning. So I said, oh, well, you know, then I've got to leave at 3.30. But yet I was leaving at five. So, you know, it took a while to remind myself how valuable it is and how much more focused I am when I do make time for other things beyond the school day. When I don't make decisions after say, you know, lunchtime and I tell people, you know what, I'm, I'm going to think about that. I'm going to sleep on it and I'll get back to you tomorrow. You know, it, it always seems so rush, rush before I let go. Everyone wants a decision and everyone's asking things of me and I wanted to do it in a timely fashion. I thought timely fashion meant right away. And now I'm, I'm more maybe pensive about the decisions that I make Sometimes it's the same thing I thought I would do at two o'clock, but I just don't communicate it until the morning. But it's just not having that rushed approach and really respecting my time when I'm when I'm not at school and when I'm not on, which I can see that my kids value. So I think one of the uh, difficult things is giving a lot of yourself to other people's children. 
and a somewhat sense of a little bit of resentment when you come home and you have no patience left and you're tired and you're short-tempered and, and your kids seem to be getting the leftovers. And there was a lot of very goodwilled people saying to my children, you know, your mom's an important person. We can't, we can't bother her. So when I was off, I kind of gave the mantras of, yes, I love what I do. And, and yes, I'm passionate about doing my best when I'm there. But at the same token, you two are very important. I have a boy and a girl and I wanted them to know that they're very important. And so that when I, when I'm spending time with them or when it's supper time, or if, you know, if there's a chance when I can leave later because I have a meeting to make the most of that time because they're important. So this school year, I, I've done, I think, a better job of finding that balance. And sometimes it, it requires you to step back and look at things of how they've gone to be able to assess how you want to do it differently. In the busyness of, of running a school, you don't often have that time. So I think that the year off offered me that space to say what worked for me and my family and what didn't and how can I do things differently while still doing you know a great job at work and a good job at home. Mm-hmm. So what are your... Okay, so I'm going to ask that question in a second. First, I want to say <laughs> that the comment you made about it's about putting myself well into the time I have. Boy, Kimberly, that was just like, oh, that was so powerful because it's about taking that different approach. You know, I work with, you know, a lot of school districts and schools all over the country and everybody seems to be struggling with this idea. Everybody says they want more time and having more time isn't going to solve any of the problems because as you said, the time just, you know, goes by so quickly and fills up so quickly. It's really about determining how you're going to put yourself into the time that you have. And I, I just love that approach. I think that is so incredibly powerful. Do you have anything else to add to that? Because I think that you brushed past it like it was, yeah, I totally get this now, <laughs> but we haven't had a year off to contemplate and ponder this. So give me a little more insight into it. You know, I, part of it is like people often said, oh, you're really organized. And I think that part of that organization is having a purpose for my days. So you know, if I set out to say, this is the time that I want to be here because I want dedicated time before my staff arrive at the school. When I'm at the school, you know, <laughs> I have a two floors at my school now. So one of the things I, I mapped out for putting myself well into my time was that I would have to go to each floor once before every natural break in the day. And that might sound like, oh my gosh, that's very specific, but you know, the first time I went all the way to the third floor, I was a little bit breathless. I was concerned about that. But, but mm-hmm. aside from that, I knew I would be deterred from going there because I thought it's a long way up. So I set those parameters so that, you know, if I was going up to one floor before recess, make my way up to the other floor before before first recess as well and do it again before lunch and again before um, last recess. So, you know, that gives me face time with the kids. Like my big thing when I, especially starting in the school, was that I needed to build relationship with students in order to be an effective leader, and I needed to build relationship with the staff in order that they could see that I respected what they were doing in their classrooms. I knew what they were doing in their classrooms, and the professional development, the staff meetings, those things would be purposeful so that they would have like an uninterrupted instructional time and the time that they 
they were pulled out of their classrooms for professional development or meetings, et cetera, would be purposeful. And I just felt like none of that could happen unless I had built those relationships. So I kind of did what I would do as a teacher. I made a long range plan. Okay. So my hope was by Christmas, we know all the staff by first name and something personal about them. And I would have at least half of the student population. I'm struggling with that one right now, but at least know half of the student population's names. And how I was going to do that was was getting around the school. Um, So a lot of it was planning in advance how to execute what my vision was for leading the school. And I just, that was, I think, maybe, maybe it was helpful because I'd had the year off. Maybe it was helpful because I had the experience behind me to know what was going to help me to be successful. But I just also knew that there was only so many hours in a day. So if I didn't plan for them, the day would roll by and, you know, things would happen, but they wouldn't be part of my purpose. Yeah, that is that is really great. And so I love how it's also something so simple. It's not, you know, do an observation in every single classroom. It's not, you know, give feedback to every single teacher every day. It's be in every part of your school before each major break. So you have a defined limit, a way to measure whether or not that's actually happening. And it's something that's so small that if you are short on time, you still know what you need to do to accomplish it. And it's not something where if you like, if you get behind, you know, the next, the next day, you just, you just do it. Right. And, and I think, I think that that is just really powerful. And we, we forget about the power of doing these little things and how, how important they are to, to be small enough that it's actually something that you can, that you can do. So let's, so that's one thing that you're doing. What are some other non-negotiables that you have now that you didn't have previously? Uh, you know, some, some wise people, Amy Platt, who's also doing some podcasting for the better leaders at the school leadership series. Sorry. Um, she'd always said to me prior to, we went into it and she said, you know, I'm not going to be away. I'm not going to have evening uh, engagements more than one night a week. And I remember thinking, oh, okay, yeah, like I'll just kind of do that as well. Not purposefully do it, but um, now I do. I do. Like I have my staff meeting, my, my parent council all in the same evening. It makes for a long day, but it just keeps things streamlined. Um, and it allows me to participate in my kids' activities. I think that's something I felt like I was missing out on. So often as a school principal, I head off to see the students participate in uh, the cross-country meet or we host the volleyball tournament or the primary soccer tournament at school and I get to see the kids compete. And they're so excited that I'm able to witness their achievements outside of the classroom. And then when I think back to my own kids, I think, oh, you know, I, I miss out on all of that. That's definitely something I did cherish in the year that I had off. I think people were a little bit amused about how much time I spent at my own kids' school, but I just know from daily life how much kids appreciate that, right? You you see their growth, especially in, I think, sports and uh, things like we have something we call W5H, so like a, a trivia um, club. And so you can see their growth and what they're learning and how they're applying it you know, that's something that we, they are expecting you to be watching in the classroom, but it seems like a treat when you're seeing it outside of the classroom. So I'm more deliberate about that time uh, now after school hours that I, that I give 
more equitably or more balanced both the student population at my school and my own kids. I think, you know, the balance, sometimes it's almost like a badge of honor that we wear as administrators. You know, I was at the school till seven. I didn't eat lunch till three. And I just, I don't have that same reverence for that anymore. (laughs) Now I recognize and I appreciate for myself when I, when I'm more balanced at work. And I think that modeling it to my staff is also an important part of being a leader in the building so that they understand that I don't expect them to be there for 12, 13 hours. I want, I want their best in the time that they're there and I want them to want to be at work. So that means they have to have some balance outside of the building. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the little things that I did in my first administrator position, I was at an elementary school that was a title one school and we had a lot of really negative, disruptive, challenging behaviors at that school. And one of my little things was that I'm never going to run in the school. And the culture in that school was that a kid would start acting out and they would call for help and the principal and they called it the owl squad. Everybody would come running to assist in that classroom. And I said, that is not how I want to live my life. That's not who I want to be. And I made a very strong stand that I'm not going to run to anything. And so I didn't the whole three years that I was there. And over time, everybody realized, oh, it's not an emergency. We can calm down and slow down. And, you know, that wasn't all because of me, but I know that me taking that hard stance was something that supported everybody in the school, valuing themselves more and not being so reactive. And I only bring that up to say, I'm sure that that is having an impact on your staff and your students right now so that they see that, not to mention, Kimberly, your own kids who later in life are going to say, you know, my mom was there for me and she took the time to be there and support me even when she was, you know, busy raising hundreds of other people's kids at the same time. (laughs) And, And I think that's really commendable. So the last question that I ask on each interview is what is one thing that a principal can do this week? to be a transformative principal like you? Oh, um, that's a, that's a very good question. (laughs) You know, it's an interesting question because I, I think one of the things I learned this year is that I've discovered who being me is. And part of knowing who I am and knowing how I lead is unique to me. So I think one thing that every leader could do is Try to center themselves in some way, whether it's yoga first thing in the morning or, you know, the gym Zumba class after work, whatever it is for them to figure out what makes them peaceful. Because I think that my balance and my clearer vision when I'm leading my school this year comes from a sense of peace that I have with what I'm doing. So I think if, if other leaders can just also find out what it is that makes them them. Um, it's less about being me, I think, or or what I'm doing, but it's it's about just knowing why they're doing what they're doing. Yeah, that is fantastic advice. Kimberly, thank you so much. How can people who want to reach out and connect with you more do that? Well, I'm uh, I'm on Twitter. You can follow me at one who leads. And uh, yeah, I'd welcome hearing back from people about uh, their journeys and how they're transforming leadership. Excellent. Well, thank you again, Kimberly, for being part of Transformative Principle. You can get all the show notes from this episode at transformativeprinciple.org. And thank you so much again, Kimberly, for being part. Thanks for having me on. It was great.
Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers' time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE.